0: What an anniversary subject. (laughs) How many preachers do you know that on an anniversary service they would preach on such a horrid subject? Hell has fallen upon hard times. In Baptist churches, <laughs> it is seldom mentioned. It is shunned like it might stink like a polecat. You got to be careful now not to get that title mixed up. Brother Jim in the office. He said, I like your title, What in Hell Has Happened. (laughs) (laughs) Got to give credit where credit is due. I'd like you to turn your Bible with me, please. And I know that this subject, Is probably like many of the birds and fishes and animals and insects, it's on the endangered species. How long has it been since you have even heard the word hell mentioned? It's frightening. Nobody wants to hear about hell. But they live like they want to go there. And uh, I'm not here to scare you. I'm not here to anger you. I just want you to know that this church believes all the Bible. And not just the part that makes people feel good to build a crowd. Amen. Uh, we have majored over these many years of building people and not a crowd. Yes. And you don't build people by by hiding some things. Uh, Army chaplain was assigned to a new company. His first meeting, some of the soldiers asked him, Do you believe... In a literal burning hell. And the chaplain said, no, I do not. And the men asked him to resign. And he said, why? And the men replied, if there's no hell, we don't need you. And if there is, we don't need you lying about it. Amen. Amen. So the 27th anniversary message I got from Jim, and he said, what in hell has happened? (laughs) Well, there's a lot happening in hell that many of us do not even want to consider. It'll be all over the world that crazy Wolfenbarger preached on hell on an anniversary service. Years ago when I was in evangelism, people used to ask me to come for a week and preach on hell every service. Boy, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Let me read for you because we need to hurry because we just need to hurry. In the book of Luke chapter number 16, you know where I'm going. And the Bible says in verse 16, please. Look in your Bible. How many of you believe your Bible? I mean, you really, really believe the Bible. You do not dissect it and believe the part that makes you feel good. You believe the Bible. Jesus spoke on hell more than he spoke on heaven. Jesus Christ had three major things that he spoke on in the Gospels. One is heaven... One is a kingdom and the other is hell. Isn't it amazing why no one ever mentions it anymore? The Bible said, verse 19, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Listen to me. Please note this. The only hell that a Christian will ever suffer is in this world. And the only heaven a rich man will enjoy is on this earth. A rich man clothed in purple and fared sumptuously every day. Please look at verse 22. Now watch it. And it came to pass. Verse 23. And in hell, he'd lift up his eyes, being in torments. Not torment, torments, plural. And seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. What a horrid horrible subject I uh, am very aware of all the animals that is on the endangered species list and I think it's good I think it's bad when people love animals more than they love people. I think when animals take preface over people, I think that's not good. And I think we ought to try to keep the balance, the eco-balance, don't you? But I'm here to tell you, if there's one fire ant left in the world, and it was on a list a mile long, I'd be the first one to stomp that sucker. But I think in Christendom, there also is an endangered species list. And I think if you'll go back into your memory and listen to the sermons that you've heard in the last two years, you would be hard put to find and remember Anybody mentioning hell. But I believe that hell is a real place. And listen, if hell is real, and it is. And if hell is hot, and it is. And if hell is everlasting, and it is, somebody needs to tell everybody about it. Now, I just believe that with all my heart. What some people are teaching about hell is not what the Bible is teaching about hell. Jehovah's Witness would teach you that hell is just the grave. I just wonder what they do with all the scriptures pertaining to hell. Maybe it's like some of the liberals that just takes what they want and leave the rest unserved. Uh, The Mormons would teach that there is no literal hell. In New Mexico several years ago, when I was in evangelism, they always kept certain prospects and they wrote on them, save for Wolfenbarger, next year in the revival. That meant they'd already killed seven people. And they had a dog in their yard that was mean. And so in this particular church, they, they gave me this prospect and it was a Mormon lady. I had no idea. And I was witnessing to her, and she said, Now, Preacher, let's get something straight. There's no hell. I said, Do you have a Bible? She said, Yes. I said, Could I borrow it? Yes. And I turned to the Revelation and started to rip pages out of her Bible. Why would you have pages in your Bible that talks about And whosoever is not found written in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire. Well, that's not real. Let's tear it out. And if she had left me alone, she wouldn't have had any leaves in her Bible. I'm sorry. Why should we sleep people into hell? I just don't understand. Pope John Paul said hell should be seen not as a fiery underworld but as a state of mind. It looks like this guy in Luke 16 has a very very literal state of mind. I just believe that if it's if we're not really, really careful, the seven-day Adventists teach that hell is not literal. You said, but preacher, those folks are off the cuff. Billy Graham said, I believe that hell is essentially separation from God. That we are separated from God so... We can have hell in this life and hell in the life to come. But to describe hell in the vivid terms which I might have done 30, 40 years ago, I'm not at liberty to do that because whether there is an actual fire in hell, I do not know. I want to go on record to say that Joshua Baptist Church believes it all. Every bit of it. The problem with the church is that they have become customer orientated, seeker friendly, make everybody feel comfortable. But I just wonder if I shunned the subject of hell and if I shunned telling you the truth, I wonder what you'll say to me at the great white throne judgment. As God summons the angels to take you by the nap of the neck and the seat of the breeches and cast you into the lake of fire. While I'm standing behind and watching the judgment, I wonder what you'll say that day if I swoon you in to the love of God without repentance and without faith. To die only to be burning in a devil's hell for eternity. You say, preacher, are you trying to scare me? No, I'm just kind of talking about the Word of God. When we die, the Bible makes it plain that we're going to spend eternity someplace. And if there is a heaven, it necessitates a hell. (laughs) The little girl was talking to her teacher about whales. And the teacher said to the little girl, It is absolutely scientifically impossible for a whale to swallow a person because as huge as the fish is, their throat is so very small. And the little girl was insistent, I don't care about science. I don't care about anything, the whale swallowed Jonah. It irritated the teacher to no end. And the little girl said, well, when I get to heaven, I will ask Jonah. The teacher said, what if Jonah went to hell? She said, then you ask him. I like that, don't you? (laughs) Somebody just got it. (laughs) Why has hell become such a forgotten topic? I'm embarrassed because it's been months, maybe even years, since I've preached on hell. And I've been repenting now for a week that I would disregard a subject matter that is so horrid that people without Christ are cast into this horrid place forever. And I claim to be a gospel Bible preacher has so shunned the topic maybe because we get number orientated and we start worrying about everybody instead of pleasing God. I for one do not want you to go to hell. Two preachers was trying out for a church The first one came and he preached on hell. The second one came a week later and he preached on hell. They voted and they called the second preacher. And they were asked why. He said, well, the first preacher preached like he was glad folk were going there. And the second preacher preached like he cared. And was broken hearted that anybody would go to a place called hell. I think like the L.A. Times in an article, they said, hold the fire and brimstone. It's what we've done in our Baptist churches. We've held the fire and brimstone. So today, the best I can, let me tell you about a place that every one of us ought to shun. It makes no difference, your financial situation. Your education does not merit one iota in eternity. Your IQ will not be tested At the great white throne judgment. Your decision. About what you do for Christ. Is all that matters. And I know the old cliche. That God. If he's a loving God. He would never. Throw anybody. Into hell. God never sent anybody to hell. God created us. You and I. With a. With a choice. We're not animals. We don't bark and meow. We have been created. With a choice. And it is your choice today. Of whether. You want to go to heaven. Or you want to go to hell. It's just. That simple. Where do you want to spend eternity? Just that simple. Let me share this with you in just a minute. Let me give you why I'm preaching on hell today. Number one, the Bible teaches there is a hell. Now, how many of you believe this old book? Now, I'm sorry for folks who's tried to improve on this old book. And in that, they'll finally improve it so much is they'll take the blood out, and they'll take hell out, and they'll take repentance out, and they'll take everything out that would make you repent and be saved. And eventually, the Bibles that they'll print will be an empty jar of nothing. Well, we're just going to hang on to the old one. And we're just going to believe the old one around here. And you say, preacher, we'll do what we won't do when you die. How you know I won't come back? This is, listen, a Bible... Believing church. Amen. It's not a garage to fix your marriage. Why is it today I can turn on Christian radio and hear more about sex than I can on an X rated movie? Preachers are preaching on sex. How to keep your wife happy. How to keep your husband happy. How to raise godly kids. I want to call them and ask them, what's your kids doing? Can I talk to your wife without you there? You ringing her bell? Lighting her shuck? Dear God, ain't there more to preach on on how to have correct sex in the home it take a little while now i used to do this real fast but uh... <laughs> amen preacher amen. 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 god bless america and everybody else but i want you to know once again that i and this church believes in a literal burning hell because the Bible teaches there's a literal burning hell, Deuteronomy 32 and verse 22, a fire is kindled in my anger and shall burn unto the lowest hell. So there are levels in hell. The Bible says in Job 11 and verse 8, <laughs> it don't say cough. It says It is high as heaven And deeper than hell Psalms 9.17 The wicked shall be turned into hell And the nations that forget God Psalms 55 verse 15 Let them go down quick into hell Proverbs 9.18 Her guests are in the depths of hell Ezekiel 31 verse 16 I cast him down to hell with them that descend into the pit. James 3 and 6, set on fire of hell. (laughs) And on and on and on and on. Why in the world would that be such a forgotten subject if it is mentioned so so much in the Word of God? I don't understand it. The Scriptures not only tell us That there is a hell, but also tells us a great deal about hell. Number one, hell is down. Number two, hell is deep. Number three, hell has levels. Number four, hell is hot. And number six, hell is everlasting. And lastly, hell is painful. Why would anybody shun telling someone about that? Why would you just live like it's okay if your neighbor goes there? Why would you live like it's okay for your kid to be a good ball player and die and go to hell? Good parents want to win their children to Christ, not make baseball players out of them. Good parents care about the eternal welfare of their children. That is not my job. That is all of our job to care about hell. Amen. And we don't mention it. We shun it. And if the preacher even says anything about it, I'm not joining now. I'm going to go where it makes me feel good. Instead of who will tell you the truth. You see, the Bible teaches a literal hell Even though many today no longer are preaching, the Word of God still teaches there is a hell. Secondly, I preach on hell. Now get this, because Jesus preached on hell. Do you know who is speaking in Luke 16? Jesus is speaking. Don't let the commentators confuse you to say to you that this is a parable. This is not a parable it is a literal story that Jesus is telling about a man who shunned receiving Christ as his savior and they is Jesus uh, some some shock because hey, Jesus spoke about hell more than he did heaven. For instance, Matthew 5, 22, He said, danger of hell fire. Matthew 5 and 29. Thy whole body shall be cast into hell. Matthew 8, 20, 10 and 28. For him that is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. You know who's doing speaking? Jesus. Matthew 16, 18, the gates of hell. Matthew 23, verse 15, a child of hell. Matthew 23, 33, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Mark chapter 9, verse 43, go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Luke 10 and 15, thrust down to hell. You would think a subject that the Bible is so clear on and a subject that Jesus preached on should be a subject that we all should want to embrace. Perhaps the clearest teaching of all the Bible about hell is Luke 16. I mean, and verse number 19. For time's sake, I will not read it all, but please read it. It's about a rich man who fared sumptuously and dressed in purple. He was the elite of the day. He set the styles. Purple was what he dressed, royalty. Fared sumptuously, lived without any problems at all. Lived in this life like he's going to live like that all through eternity. But one day, now listen, he died. One day, when he least expected it, dressed in his purple, living in his royal surroundings. Without any warning, he died. And the Bible said he was buried. And immediately, he lift up his eyes in hell. Wow. And the Bible talks about, and in hell he lift up his eyes. Being in torments, plural. Torments, plural. Torments, plural. Not just torment, but torments. The Bible in this text lists four torments. The first one is flame, fire, pain. In hell, I believe... There is literal, physical pain. Eternal burning. You say, now, look, you can't throw anybody in that kind of fire without them being dissolved and, and annihilated and gone. You ever remember a bush in the desert that was on fire? And the thing that really blowed Moses' mind is the fire... Did not consume the bush. You know why? Because God was involved in it. And God can do anything He wants to. And in hell, ladies and gentlemen, there is going to be pain from fire like we cannot even imagine. The second torment I believe you'll find in the Bible. And I believe you'll find it in verse number 25. In verse 25... And Abraham said, Son, remember. Remember. In hell, you'll remember June the 2nd, 2013. When a crazy preacher, instead of preaching on the love of God preached on a horrid place that Christ died to deliver you from. You remember every sermon that you ever heard. You remember every friend that tried to encourage you to go to church. You remember the times when the Spirit of God tugged on your heart and the flesh said no and the Spirit said come and I will save you. Take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burden is light and you decided no sir, I'll do what I want to do. You'll remember. Oh, you say, but the pain will be so horrid! I cannot be. remember. The Bible said you remember the times that you prayed and somebody prayed for you. You remember when you shrugged off the call of commitment to God. You remember you sat there uninvolved, preoccupied during the moments of worship. You remember the torments of hell, pain. Memory, separation, verse 26. There's a great gulf fixed so that you cannot come hither and us go there. A great gulf. Separation. Separation from God once and for all. Separated from all that is good. Separated from real love separated from loved ones, separated from all that is good, and you've been cast now into the pit where the damned and the weird and the, and the perverted have gone to live forever. You're separated from good holiness and God and your friends, your neighbors, and some of your family. That's hell. Amen. And the last unanswered prayer. Notice verse twenty seven. Verse twenty seven. Then he said, I pray thee. Therefore, Father, no longer Abraham, Father, thou wouldest, would ascend him to my father's house. For I have five brethren. He's a little late to get worried about the brethren, don't you think? He's praying and begging God to save his loved ones. In hell, it's too late to pray. Preacher, why would you preach on hell? Why wouldn't I preach on hell? Right. Folks will say, well, I hear Wolfenbarger preach another fire and brimstone sermon. Yeah, Yeah, and I heard you preached on nothing. Let's go home now. Thirdly, I think that we just ought to preach on hell occasionally. Because logic not the Bible, logic requires that there is a hell. The logic of justice tells me there must be a hell. What if we had no prisons for our lawbreakers? Does that sound logical to you? What if we had no graveyards? We just throw everybody out in the front yard dead. The bodies would infect the living. Disease would run rapid across the world. It's just logical that we have a place to put dead people. Am I illogical or am I logical? Uh, we got to have cesspools for waste. Is that logical? I said, come on now. What if one morning I came and I preached on cesspools. you wouldn't get mad at me, would you? Please now listen, I, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to trying to warn you and and love you. We have dumps and dumpsters for debris in this nation we have junkyards for wrecked cars we have nuclear waste dumps because we know this stuff has to be disposed of very carefully now be careful let me say this I want to say it kindly and God has a place for the garbage of this universe Revelation twenty-one seventeen 17 or 27 says There shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or make a lie but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's just logical. Would you haul garbage into your house? No, but I think I need to go home and haul some out, She might say. Well, I'm not talking about your husband. Would you allow a nuclear waste to be laid around in your house? Well, this is God's house. And God has a place for those. Who makes a deliberate choice to live like they want to live and do what they want to do. And God has a place for those folks to go. Could I have an amen. A drunk staggered up to a policeman in New York City, asking for direction to a tavern. Called Hell's Gate. The officer said, Sir, you see that cross on top of that church? That's Calvary Church. And if you'll just keep walking past the cross, you'll find Hell's Gate. Now, I love you. It's my heart desire, honest, For you to go to heaven with me. Millions of dollars have been spent, hundreds and thousands of hours by staff, by teachers, workers, bus workers. And it's all because we don't want you to miss heaven. But I'll tell you one thing, if you walk across Calvary and you walk past Calvary and you trample underfoot the blood of the Son of God, just past Calvary is hell's gate. Please, by everything that is good and holy, don't go there. Please, don't.